This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. Look at all these people that went to bed early. I'm congratulating you right now for ringing in the New Year with New York City last night. That was two hours earlier, if you didn't know. That's what we do. Um, Listen, I'm really uh, excited to begin this uh, series. We're going to be in this series for two weeks, and then we're going to transition into a series. uh, We're going to talk about it in a few minutes, but another series. But I think it's really important that we start at the new year with Back to the Bible. And I want to anchor this series By the way, those of you that have children here and are like, please don't be, my daughter, before I got up, said, are you preaching, Mom? I said, yes. Are you going to be a long time? I assured her, yes, yes. I'm going to be a very, very long time. No, I'm not. Uh, But I do want to anchor this series um, in a number of scriptures. So let's start at Acts chapter 20, verse 32 says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. This is a scripture that's kind of jumped out at me in the last couple of weeks, reminding me that God's word actually can bring us an inheritance. 2 Timothy 3.16, 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Romans 15.4, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Some of us are deficit in hope right now. The way that we get hope is through the anchor of the scriptures in our lives. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. God's word, we're going to talk about this, has a way of reading us. We don't just read it. Okay, so here's the thing. There's all kinds of, we could be here all morning talking about scriptures in the scripture that tell us how important the scripture is. The, um, the thing about this, though, is it's a little bit like flossing your teeth talking about the Bible. Do you know when you go to the dentist? Now, for those of you that are dentists or hygienists, you know this tour. And they say to you this question. Have you been flossing as much as, have you been flossing every day? You all know this question. And the, now some of you are real rule followers. So you actually can say, yes, I floss twice a day. Now, other of us in this room... Do you know you get on a real flossing kick about two weeks before you go to the dentist? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then somebody gave me this as just a top tip for 2023, because you don't want to lie because you're a Christian. So here's how you can answer. When they say, have you been flossing much? You say, not as much as I'd like to be. Because, I mean, you're not saying you don't floss. You're just saying... Not as much as, which is like for all of us. You can just write that down. You can make it a little plaque if you want. Not as much as I like to be. Not as much as I probably should be. Okay, so Bible reading sometimes feels, particularly on these Sunday mornings, feels a little bit like flossing. How's your Bible reading going? We, we know um, 
there were stats taken in Canada. Most of the stats we find on evangelicalism are from our neighbors in the south. And while we love our neighbors to the south, they're not like, they're not us, right? We are our own people. Our stats are considerably worse, though, so let's read them. <laughs> um, just only 14% of Canadians read their Bible at least once a month. Once a month. 64% of Canadians think the scriptures of all major world religions teach essentially the same things. 69% of Canadians think that the Bible has irreconcilable contradictions. And only 18% of Canadians agree strongly that the Bible is the word of God. Um, now, this is uh, problematic because I would love to tell you, but not here, <laughs> not in churches. But in fact, when you, parse out the, uh, when you parse out the information, what you recognize is that most Christians, this reflects actually most people that show up to church on Sunday morning. Most of us who, who come to church read the Bible along with me on Sunday morning. But it's a little bit like saying you eat once a week. Like if all of us ate once a week, we wouldn't be that good. We wouldn't be healthy. We'd have problems. Um, and this is similar. What, what I want to talk about, though, um, what, what I do know then, sitting in this room, there's a small percentage of those of us that are really faithful to Bible reading, and I'm praying that over this next two weeks that you'd fall more in love with this book because it, ac because it actually is life to us, life to us. And, and there's some of you here this morning, um, you're um, what I often have been, a justifier. Because you say to yourself, oh yeah, yeah, I read the Bible, but then I got that little app on the version. Any of you ever downloaded that? Billions of people have downloaded it. But it tells you how many days you miss. You look at, you know, you look at your streak. I certainly didn't miss that many days. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. The app doesn't lie. And so we sort of tell ourselves, oh, yeah, 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 I'm in the Word. But if you really tracked it, and we're going to talk about why that's important. And then there's a group of us here today who you, you actually feel quite a bit of um, shame and condemnation. And I'm praying during this series that you'd let go of some of that self-flagellation and you'd learn that, that this God who wrote this book for you is a God who loves you and who doesn't want to pile shame and condemnation on you, but actually wants to see you set free and changed and transformed in um, a number of areas. And, and maybe there's a group of people who have never considered reading the Bible. Maybe you've never even, you know that it's a book that is um, in your hotel room, and you've never considered reading it. I'm praying that over the next two weeks that you'd be awakened to the wonder that the Bible is. Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit to the elephant in the room. Why don't we read the Bible? Like if I'm talking to a regular group of people, like why, why, why do we not read it very often? And I polled a few of you, uh, you got weird texts for me in the middle of the week. Why don't you read your Bible? And some of you were worried it was a prophetic word, but I was really, really, I was really on it. Uh, but I, I just actually wanted to see what, uh, what people said, and he, here's what some of you said, and we're going to talk about um, the whys, because some, some of you have a hard time reading the Bible because of the why, why questions, and some of us have a hard time reading the Bible because of how questions. So this week we're going to deal with the why, and next week we're going to deal with the how. So I want to deal with just a few of these. Some of you said, um, I don't read the Bible because I'm not really sure I can believe the claims of the Bible. 
That's, that's honest, right? So, some of us have out-educated, we've out-educated ourselves, or apparently we think we have. And so we're nervous, so we don't read it because we're not really sure that we can trust its claims. Um, the, the second reason some of you gave me is that you weren't, aren't really like you're a pragmatist. Like so, some of us have a hard time exercising because you, you did that tour once before and you tried to lose weight running like, anybody done this on January 1st? You, I'm really gonna be an exerciser this year. I'm losing 40 pounds, this is my year. And then you exercise for a month and you get on the scale and you've lost no weight, and it's discouraging. So then you just think, forget it, I'm selling the treadmill, $49.95 on Kijiji. Some of you have an exercise machine that you have sold this year. Uh, and some of us are pragmatists, and we think about that when we, when we read the Bible. I'm not sure if it'll do anything for me. I've read the story of David and Goliath before. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Some of us, uh, some of you said doing something forever seems hard. So those of us that are addicted to change, like me getting up here and saying, for the rest of your life, you're going to read this book every single day. And you look at me and think, you've just told me I have to eat radishes every day of my life for the rest of my life. And, and for some of us, some of you were very, very honest. And, and hear, hear me, all spiritual growth requires honesty. <coughs> it does us no good to pretend that we're highly spiritual. But then when we dig down into it, we actually aren't in the word of God at all. So some of you said this, Jess, it's boring. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's, it's boring. I get to Leviticus and I want to, wow. By the way, in February, we're going to do a six-week series on Leviticus. It's called You Lost Me at Leviticus because that time, by the time your Bible reading gets going, by February, you're going to be in Leviticus. And I, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it's going, to, it's going to transform your life. You're never going to think about Leviticus the same. You're never going to think about it as boring. By the way, this is a side. The Bible was never meant to be read by yourself. Did you know that? I mean, yes, Jesus said, go into the prayer closet. But it was never, the reason some of you are lost and it's boring is because you're trying to figure it out by yourself. It's a corporate book that we are to read together and sharpen each other together. Okay, so some of you said, seems boring. Others of you said it in a little bit of a nicer, you said it seems impersonal. You don't know how to find the words that speak to you. So these are all very real reasons. And next week we're going to deal with the hows, but these are so, sort of the whys. So I, I want to talk about why we should read the Bible today. And I think this is um, and, and by the way, on the way out on the back, uh, you'll see I'm, I'm, we're starting a new thing this year. We're going to have um, more detailed notes. I don't have time in 27 minutes or 29, 50 seconds to get to all the things, but I know some of you want to go deeper. You, you want to read some of the historical background. And so in the back at all the exits, there'll be these notes that you can follow along. We're going to hope to get those digitally at some point this year, but they're on paper right now. Okay. The first reason I, I, I know that we got to read the Bible is because we can believe that it's trustworthy. Uh, the historical accuracy of the Bible has been proven over and over again, and I don't have time to get into all of the things. Suffice to say that while the Bible is not, does not prove, um, archaeology can't prove the Bible, it certainly uh, shows us that things in the Bible are true or false. And there's many, listen, Many people, we, we saw in the stats before, that 69% of Canadians think the Bible is full of all kinds of contradictions. 
And, and particularly, scholars uh, for years would say things like, well, historically, we don't know that the Hittites ever existed. Okay, so the Hittites, if you've never read the Bible, the Hittites are a group of people in the Old Testament. They were bad and mean. And um, that's, that's a real generalization I made there. Uh, but, but we couldn't, there was no historical evidence. And so people said, well, then the, New Te- the Old Testament is all made up. Not real, we can't believe it, it's a myth. Until, until they found evidence that the Hittites actually existed. And another example of this was um, in Luke chapter 3, verse 1. It speaks of Lysanias who was a governor or ruler of Abilene during the time of John the Baptist. And people said, well, clearly this is a sign. We've never heard of this Lysanias. Who knows who he is? This is a sign that the New Testament is made up. Until uh, they discovered Lysanias' name in, uh, on a piece of limestone, showing us that this actually was true. Over and over again, all of these, uh, a lot of contradictions that scholars would say uh, existed have been proven uh, not, not to be contradictions at all, but rather just an unknowing of things. If you think about the Messianic prophecies, we talk about this often during Advent, all the Messianic prophecies that foretold of Jesus' birth. Isaiah 7 verse 14 talks about a virgin birth, and then we see that Jesus becomes uh, is born of a virgin. Um, over and over again, all of these prophecies, five, more than 500 um, remind us that, that the Bible is trustworthy, that we can trust him. Listen, this could be a whole talk where we talked about all of the ways that the Bible is both accurate, historically uh, strong, and we can put our trust in it. You know, when I, get to the, um, when I get to reading the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, I'm always amazed that the characters are crazy. Like, do you ever... Whoa, like, you know when you're writing and you're, have, have any of you ever done this? Like you've written, when you write things down, you try to like clean it up a little, just in case you were to like die and people were to find your diary. You don't want all of that business. You want a, you want a sanitized version of yourself out in the wilderness. But the Bible does no such thing. It does not sanitize. Everybody is wild and every family is like, Yikes. It's like um, Ricky Lake. Do you remember that show from the 1980s? I, only the old people know that show. What was that other show where people were always like, you're, yeah, you're naming them all. This is sort of what the Bible is like. And this adds to the Bible's credibility because if it was somebody just making it up, don't you think that they would have sanitized it a little bit? Made it like a little bit more like People more fancy, people just doing all the right things all the time. No, we can trust the Bible because it's real people. It's stories of real people like you and I, people who have a hard time sometimes doing the right thing. So we've got archaeology, we've got the Messianic prophecies, we've got just the nature of the Bible, and then also the New Testament manuscripts. So critics always were looking for ways to to dig into the reliability of the New Testament. And many people would have said, well, it's not a very historical, it's not a very reliable historical document. There's a lot of things that were like changed and uh, a lot of details that were left out. And you know, over time it just became. um, And 
this, this uh, many would say it wasn't reliable, uh, despite the fact that there are 5,600 Greek copies in possession today, which is more than we have of Homer, Plato, or Aristotle. The Bible's reliable. We can rely on it. The second reason I think that we, why we should read the Bible is because, and it, it sort of seems not like rocket science, but, but because God wrote us a book. Like, God wrote you a book. Now, I know none of us really write hand letters anymore, and if you're under the age of 30, you don't even write emails anymore. But have you ever had somebody write you a letter? Like somebody you love, somebody that you respect. I will take those letters and keep them. I keep them in a file of letters that people have written to me because there's something special about somebody actually taking time to write something to you. And this is what God essentially did for us. He wrote us a book. And the third reason I, I, I know that we need to read the Bible is because ingesting God's word brings transformation to us. God's word actually, th this book actually transforms who we are as people. It, it's the only book that can transform who you are. I, I want us to watch a, a, a short video here just for a moment, and then we'll discuss it. Okay, so I'm a numbers person. You know this about me. I always have to have some kind of numbers. 
did anybody's mind get blown watching this? You, you read the Bible once, you're basically going to be the, like nothing's happening to you. Twice, nothing much. Three times, nothing much. Four times your whole life changes? People of God, if this is not a wake-up call for us to say, you know what I'm going to do this week? I'm going to crack open my Bible. I'm going to read it. I'm going to ask the Lord to change me. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want a wing and a prayer that like, like hopefully I'm going to get better this year. Is anybody else tired of saying like, hopefully things just, hopefully just like somehow, because this is how we do, you know, this is how we do um, New Year's resolutions. We just randomly into the air. Hopefully this year, this will be the year that I really get organized. Hopefully this is the year that I and we just hope to willpower it out, which is why by week three, we're like, and I'm done now, and I'm done. The way that we get transformation is by the power of God. When we talk about our Christianity, we're not talking about some kind of um, humanistic, like try to be a better person, and you could pick any one of the, we're actually talking about the very power of God to transform us. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1 verse 1 that Jesus is the word of God. When we get into the word, we're actually inviting Jesus to come in and transform us. So we, we read the Word of God because it brings transformation to us. And finally, we read the Word of God because God's Word is living and active. We know this. We read this from the Scriptures. It can teach me and speak to me in a way that I need it to. I've often heard it said this way, that the Bible is not just a book that we read. It is a book that reads us. And when we come to the Word of God, next week we're going to talk about how do we actually come to it, because I know a lot of you are sitting here before it saying, like, every year I crack open the U version and I start a new plan, and then I get lost in Leviticus. So, how, so next week we're going to do that, and it, it's going to be good. I would encourage you to come. But the Bible has a way. I, I do know this. The Bible has a way. Every day when I get up to read the Word of God, I, ju I just simply pray this, God, would you speak to me in a way that I need to be spoken to today? And sometimes that's the Lord encouraging me, and sometimes that's the Lord correcting me, and sometimes that's the Lord sharpening me. But the Bible has a way of reading us, speaking to us. This is why we believe that the Word of God is living and active. It can actually change us. So often... Um, when you get into a message series like this, you can run the risk of um, telling people that it's just, that the Bible is just your personal relationship with Jesus, so buy a Bible and, or download it on your phone. And, um, and we discount the importance of corporate study in the Word of God. So today, I, I would say this, that we all must learn to cultivate a personal relationship with Jesus, a personal and private relationship with God. Jesus was very clear about that in the New Testament. But the Bible was never meant to be an exclusively personal book. It was meant to be studied corporately. And so this is why, and, and this is part of the reason why church participation is important. Because we're doing something corporately, collectively we're looking at God's word. Um, and if you want to 
if you want to grow spiritually, you've got to be engaging in God's word both ways, privately and corporately. And um, as the primary teaching pastor at Journey, I thought it would really be important on this first Sunday to let you know how we're designing our teaching series. Um, so generally speaking, um, I, I want to highlight every week when you come, I want to highlight that God's word is really relevant to us, relevant to our everyday lives, that it actually has the power to transform our lives no matter how old we are, no matter what culture we come from. God's word is beyond, it's beyond culture, it's beyond our personal uh, tastes. Um, it's practical. I, I, really, I really believe one of the greatest compliments anybody can give me, and I know sometimes it's like not a compliment, but oh, that was so practical. But actually, God's word should be practical to us. It should transform the way we actually live out our lives. And we want to, on Sunday mornings, deal with difficult passages. So the passages that you come to on a Tuesday morning and think, weird, that's a really weird one. So that's why we're going to deal with books of the Bible like Leviticus, Song of Solomon. That's why we did a 10-week series on the book of Revelation. It's why we are, we're not going to be afraid to deal with difficult passages. And sometimes you'll come on Sundays and think, wow, what are they teaching on that very obscure passage for? Because we actually want to corporately lean into God's word and say, what is this saying to us? And how does this apply to our everyday lives? Uh, we want to explore books of the Bible that are dense and sometimes difficult to understand. Uh, we want you to be able to discuss with your families and with your friends um, what we're learning together on Sunday morning. So starting this year, we're giving these um, offering notes, and these notes will have deeper things that you can dive into, but also a number of questions that you can just discuss with your um, people. Um, because we believe that Jesus is the Word of God, we're always going to bring it back to Jesus every week. And we want to create uh, a thinking culture. Uh, meaning we, we want to learn to grapple with God's words. So here's the thing. What we're not looking to create as a community is a community where everyone goes, yes, exactly what I thought, yes. We're not looking for robots. We're looking for people that will actually like, I'm not sure if I think, I don't, I don't know, did you read this? What about this scripture? We want a little bit of a culture that says, what, what could we learn together? There's something good about iron sharpening iron, the book of Proverbs says that we actually challenge one another with God's word. And so that means, you know, the good thing is if you believe something different than me, great. We can have an email discussion about it or a face-to-face -face discussion about it. But we do want to create a thinking culture because thinking connotates growth. If you come to church every week and all you do is say, yes, 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 you know what, we're creating a cult, right? So that's not what we're looking to do, just for the record. We're looking to create a thinking culture where people can grapple with things and where we can disagree civilly, where we can ask the Lord to move in our lives and, uh, and in us. And uh, practically, we work this out in teaching by alternating expositional studies. So that is like where we study one book of the Bible and we go through line by line with thematic studies. And the reason we do some of the thematic studies is because sometimes there's a thread all throughout scripture that, that we can draw on, and we can see from Genesis to Revelation that God is saying something. In the, in the month of May, we're going to talk about a series called Embodied. What does it mean for us to live as embodied humans who have the Spirit of God living inside of us? And we're going to look at scriptures from Genesis all the way to the New Testament. Um, 
And then I told you we're going to study the book of Leviticus. We're going to study the book of Acts this year. I do think that this, I, I know that I have never actually gotten up and talked to you about like how we go about this. And some of you have said, do you just like get up every morning and like just whatever's on your heart? No, we, we want to be really purposeful about it because we actually think that the word of God transforms our lives. It, it transforms our thinking. It transforms the way that we live. And this matters because the city of Calgary needs transformed Christians who are walking around. Listen, if we've known anything over the last month, it's that people need Jesus. And if we're not changed, if we're just like trying to good our way out of it, I'm not good enough. You're not either. I've seen you on the deer foot. None of us are good enough in our own strength. We need the Spirit of God to come and transform us. And I'm so thankful that we have things like times of worship and prayer. But I know that if we just, if we just, if that's all we do, we look for, we go from experience to experience to experience, and we never ground ourselves in this word, we will not be transformed. And I'm not looking to be somebody that just knows how to have an experience. I, listen, I want the experience of the Spirit of God, but I want to be grounded in his word. Because people are looking for stability. Listen, you're looking for stability. I've never met anybody that has said to me, you know what, in this year I'm looking for a lot of instability. What I'm really hoping for is a roller coaster of a year. I don't know anything that's going on. We, we actually must be grounded. The way that we get grounded is not by eating once a week, but by eating every day. How many of you want to... I, I want my anger to go down 32%. I want my ability to share God's word to go up by 200%. I want, I want things in my life to be different this time next year. Yes? None of us have arrived. The way that we get there is through God's word. The way that we get there is by grounding ourselves. This book is the most important thing you own. And we're so blessed to be living in a time where we can access God's word in a thousand different ways. Jesus said in the Gospels, to whom much is given, much is required. We are living in unprecedented days in terms of our ability to access God's word. Hundreds of years ago, there was no access to God's word at all. Abel, can you just come? We're going to close this morning. Here's what I know. When Dave and I were missionaries in Asia, um, we were on, really, uh, we, we had gone to preach a conference in Thailand, just on the um, Myanmar border, where a lot of refugees were living. And it was a poverty-stricken area. Nobody had access to Bibles or anything like that. They didn't have access to, to really much of anything. We walked up to this. It was a monsoon, and it was raining so hard. And I mean, if it had been in Canada, we definitely would have canceled. We would have said, stay home and keep your families at home and watch a Netflix show. Well, they did not. They all trudged hours and hours. I had to go like half a kilometer, and I was very sad about it. It was pouring. And other people had to, little kids, hundreds of little kids were walking through this crazy rain. And Dave and I came into the back. You could hear a hum of people. They didn't have instruments. They had no chairs. As you 
feel lovely in those padded chairs. No chairs, just people sitting in a room, maybe the section, the size of this section. And I walk into the back, and it's standing room only, and you know when people are wet and it's hot? Sort of like a mini sauna without the nice steam. It was kind of gross. And people were, um, little kids though, and their parents were praying. And then they began to recite scripture. And what I realized in that moment is that all these little kids had memorized great swaths, great swaths of the Bible. Like little people, people that we would think, well, if they knew John 3.16, pretty good. And these little kids sat in this room praying and reciting scripture. And, and the reason for it is that they, none of them had Bibles. They weren't given. Do you know, we saw God move. I, I will ne like this was 25 years ago now, and I still can see it like it was yesterday. When young people graduated from the youth group and became like adults, they had to go and plant a church before they were like, they required big things. They're seeing many people come to Jesus. And I think part of the reason is they got serious about what a gift this was. I think somehow in this room we need to be reminded about what a gift God's word is to us. That it actually has the ability to transform your life to change the way you think. There is nothing else in the world that can change the way you think like this word of God does. So all over this place today, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe you've never read the Bible before. You tried and it didn't work out. I, I, I'm praying that God's going to give you new passion for his word. I'm praying that in these days that God is going to give you, like you're going to get up in the morning and think, I get to read his word. I get to be enveloped by, um, by this love letter that he gave to me. Would you just let the Lord just speak to you just in this moment? We believe that God speaks. He speaks to us. He's speaking to us in these days. So God, for my friends that are here, that maybe have never engaged your word before. I pray that you would give them new found uh, joy to just be able to engage in your word. For those of us, God, that have tried before I, and have given up halfway through, I pray that there'd be no condemnation this morning, but that today we'd say, yeah, God, we, we want to get to know you. We, we want to let your word transform us. God, for those of us that are here who, are, who have been faithfully engaged in your word, I pray that this year, God, you would give us new revelation of who you are. That you would, uh, you would really capture our imaginations this year in a new and powerful way. God, I pray that we would become students of your word. That we would become people of your word. So that, God, we could be more like you. You could transform us to be more like you. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. So next week, here's what, we're, here's what I want to tell you. Next week, we're, go, we're going to actually talk about the how. And I am um, I'm really excited about this because I actually think some of the ways that we have hurt ourselves is how we've gone about reading the Word. So next week, we're going to talk about that. And I think for many of you, it's going to be life transformative. Listen, if you've tried 
to read the Bible and you've never, like, you've never been successful at it or it's just been hard, that's okay. Next week, I, I just, the Lord's going to, the Lord's going to give us a way and a path. And I think it's going to be really great. I would like to share it all today, but it's January 1st. And I don't want to be three hours. Um, I, do, I do know this, though. Something happens in the spirit realm when we make a decision. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like lean into your word. It'll be good for a couple of days, and then a couple of days will happen, and it'll just be hard. Can I just encourage you to press through that? To press through it. Just say, God, I'm just going to be committed to your word this year. And this is a really good time to start this because as we start with prayer and fasting, you really, part of the easy, one of the easiest ways to learn to pray is just to go to the Psalms and pray the Psalms. Just read them out loud and say, God, this is my prayer today. Would you breathe on this? Would you breathe on my life? And we're just praying that this is going to be, I, I am believing this. I, I think we can say this every year that our best is in front of us because you, you're walking with Jesus one more year, right? You're closer to him than you were last year. So this is why we can say, it's not about circumstances. It's about us saying, God, this is going to be my best year yet because I'm walking with you in a closer way than I ever have been before. You're going to transform my life. I, I can say that with great assurance because that is God's will. That is God's will for you, that you'd be transformed by his word and by his power. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.